Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational, multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. Okay, as you can see, I am not pastor. <laughs> so good morning, I'm Megan, and we welcome you uh, to Chosen Generation Ministries. We welcome folks online. We welcome everyone here in the sanctuary. And I'm going to ask you uh, to join us today in our opening confession, which I believe is on the screen. So Father, I choose to be open and receptive today. I humble myself bearing my heart, my joys, and my pains. I thank you that for restoring my wounded soul. I believe that I will not receive more than my humanity can bear. I ask that what is hidden in my conscious and unconscious mind, those secrets hidden from myself that block my growth and intimacy with God and others be revealed. Search me, Holy Spirit. Reveal these hidden hurts to me and show me the areas that must be addressed today. I give you permission to go to the points of inception of hurts and hidden memories that are negatively impacting my life. I give you access to my heart and mind so that you may bypass any repression, denial, depression, disassociation, confusion, guilt, shame, condemnation, pride, unforgiveness, anger, fear, or lies that may be blocking my memories. Override any obstacles that have hindered me or are hindering me from receiving my freedom in you. I renounce and cancel the effects of receiving any accusations and lies into my mind, body, soul, and heart that is contrary to the truth of who you say that I am. I declare that I live my life loved, cherished, and adored by you. I receive in my heart every expression of your love for me. Because you love me, I am free of all guilt, shame, and condemnation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, again... Pastor is away celebrating milestones in his family and is out of town. And so we're excited and joyful for him. Um, and so today, we're going to talk a little bit about being seen. And so I'm counting on my fellow church members to participate and be uh, fully present, just as if Pastor were here. But talking about being seen, right? So I was shocked when Pastor said, hey, Megan. I'm going to be out of town. And I thought, wait, me? Like, no, no, not me, for sure. You know, the typical questions come up of like, do I feel worthy? Like, but he sees something different in me than what I think or see about myself, right? I think that's probably true for most of us here. So he sees us. He calls each of us into ministry. He calls us, he calls on our strengths. Um, our goodness, and most importantly, he calls on us into growth areas, right? That's what a good pastor does, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Thank you, pastor. Um, so for today, it feels a little bit of both for me, right? So something, again, that he sees in me as a strength, but also an opportunity for growth. Um, so I'm believing that today we are going to learn and grow together. Thank you for the <laughs> head nods. That really helps. <laughs> 
Okay, so as I was preparing for our time together today and trying to figure out what to share, how to do it well, how to honor pastor, how to honor God, um, I thought about how pastor says, you know what, you've been called, so bring yourself, right? Here's the script, do it as you do. That's where the blessing comes in. So whether it's you know, leading communion or cheerful giving or in the children's ministry. So I don't typically think of myself as a great public speaker, get a little nervous, my voice shakes, my mouth gets dry. But the Bible says to encourage ourselves. So today I'm gonna encourage myself and I know you guys answering and participating are also gonna be a source of encouragement. Amen, <laughs> thank you. All right, so who remembers what pastor has been teaching on? Crisis. Crisis, right? But not just crisis, what in crisis? Driving, that's right. Can we turn on those backlights too? Um, thank you. So I thought, well, let me think about what are words in my life that I often think about, and two of them are, um, well, first let me back up. So I think about this idea of thriving in crisis and accountability. So how am I reflecting on thriving in crisis or some of the other recent teachings that we've had? Gratefulness, right? Ignite, which was about anger due to uncertainty and doubt and fear and what's gonna happen next. Um, so accountability and consequences are common words in our house as we raise a 13-year-old daughter. Parents, are you with me? Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, and so they're things that we often discuss. Um, and as with many young people, I think this is probably not uncommon, is that they see adults as not having accountability and consequences, right? They think, oh, you're an adult. You get to do what you want, you get to make the rules. That is what happens in our house in terms of setting rules, but that's what God calls us to. So, uh, so in some ways, she doesn't understand that. Um, but of course, and of course, consequences for us look different than what it looks like for her. So some of the consequences that she faces are, you know, if you don't study well and prepare, you might get a poor grade. If you're not showing yourself friendly and caring for your friends, um, you know, a friend might get upset with you. Here are the two that are the big uh, consequences in her life. Loss of screen time, and God forbid, no phone. So I'll tell you, she doesn't realize this, but uh, those are also consequences to us because <laughs> then our life gets rearranged. Uh, but when I thought about these consequences, I thought they're pretty similar, right, for us as adults, right? It might not be a poor grade, but it might be maybe a poor review. Um, you know, your supervisor might come over and say, hey, have you thought about doing it this way? Or, you know, we missed this benchmark. Or, um, you know, our friends might get upset with us. And then we might have to have those tough conversations about um, asking for forgiveness and apologizing. Um, so what are some consequences that we face as adults? And so I'm asking also the folks that are online and joining us to please drop those in the chat as well. So what consequences do we face as adults? Great, thank you. Oh. Um, 
if if we if I don't um, do my work, then I get a poor evaluation, and then if it continues on, then it can be lead to lead to further consequences of being on probation and things like that. So that would be an example. Yeah. So consequences. Uh, can tend to accelerate, right? It's not always the biggest consequence at first. So there's opportunity for growth and learning. Yes, ma'am. Late fees and poor credit score. Yes, late fees and poor credit score. Yes. Or a letter from the city that says, hey, your taxes, remember those things? Yeah, I've gotten one of those letters before. If you don't put gas in the car or oil in the car or the necessary oh, yeah. fluids, then the car is going to break. That's an expensive consequence, isn't yes. it? Yes. yes, right. All right, we got another? Yes, if you don't show up on your job on time, eventually you might get called in or possibly lose your job. That's right, yeah. And not just doing the job, but your coworkers start to think of you as not dependable or breaks trust. Uh, those are great examples of uh, how we face accountability. And Madeline, I forgot the clicker. Can you? Bring me that, please. Um, so I started looking at scripture and Googling, right? Thank you, Mr. Google is my friend. Or miss, I don't know who Google is, but it's my friend. Um, and so I'm thinking, all right, so phrases. What does being seen by God mean? What does the Bible say about accountability? And, all right, I should have practiced this. All right, so here's a scripture that we saw and uh, that came up. So it's Romans 14, 12 and Amplified, and it says, so then each of us will be given an account of himself to God. So at the end, we all know, right, when it's time for our transition, God's gonna ask us, right? What have we done? What did we do? Uh, how do we make things right? Where are places that we maybe faltered or misstepped? And each of us has to give that for ourselves, right? So if you're in a relationship or if you have children or if you're married, right, it's not about them at that point. You can't look to the, your side and be like, but, but, the, them. Right? He's gonna be like, no, no, I'm asking you. So be prepared. He gives us warnings. He gives us, he gives us the answer in the Bible. So the second one that I found was Hebrews. I think it's 4.13 or maybe, yes, 4.13. So, uh, and it says, and now not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. So being revealed, right? Exposed, those sometimes don't feel like positive words, right? Who likes to be the feeling of exposed? Not seeing any hands, right? Same, same for me. Uh, but then I started looking at it and I thought, it says first that we will not be concealed from his sight. So now I thought, well, who likes to be overlooked? Nope, not a good feeling, right? Maybe you've put in all this work on something and then it's time for the celebration and people skip over you or don't recognize the work that you've done. And, and so being seen is a gift. Right? So it's the gift of not being overlooked. So then how do we think of uh, being exposed and revealed to God as a gift as well? Right? Um, so for me, there's comfort in knowing that I'm accountable uh, to someone or something. So I work best for sure when um, 
I'm responsible to check in with someone else. So a couple of examples are if there's a project, a deadline certainly holds me accountable. If Pastor Ed said, oh, you will teach in six weeks, you know what I'd be doing for the first five? Living my life. <laughs> I mean, it would be constantly running in the background of like, this timeline is coming and what are you doing? But um, that's just me. So I don't know about other people, but. Um, and so, and then I work with a coach, right? A professional coach. And even though the work that I'm doing is for myself, I'm still accountable when I check in with her to tell her what are the things that I've done. Um, and so that acts as a mechanism to hold me accountable. Or uh, in my job, I work at a nonprofit. And so when I work with staff and board members, I'm accountable to them. And it's a way to show my respect for them and my value for who they are and what they bring to the table as colleagues. Um, and then of course I'm accountable to Will, who for those online, that's my husband, and I'm accountable to him when we're making plans and spending money and how we raise our daughter, right? So if we agree on one thing and then I go off and do another, breaks trust, right? Uh, lack of respect maybe could be felt there. Um, and so these are the mechanisms in my life of how I am accountable. And so God has been asking me recently, how am I using and applying these teachings? Am I thriving in any crisis that I'm facing? Am I relying on him when decisions feel risky or the outcome is uncertain? Am I using the past teachings on being a warrior or am I allowing myself to get stuck? And I will say it's a combination of both, right? The warrior is easy to grab when it's something that you feel like victory is assured. When, you're un when I'm uncertain, so I sometimes tend to allow myself to stay in the stuckness and the, but what if, and what if, what I don't know this, or I don't know that. Um, so some of the risks that I've been taking uh, recently are, you know, we're going on a trip this summer and it's a pretty big expense. And so when we're signing up, it's like, uh, but once you sign, like you're committed. Um, and so ensuring our finances are in order um, is a step in faith when we signed up and um, God is fulfilling that, right? Any financial decisions, I know Candace, you had mentioned, um, you know, oil in the car or, you know, gas in the tank and, um, you know, financial decisions about house repairs or maintaining your car, um, things of that nature. Um, a couple years ago, I had gotten a scholarship to go to school, and so the scholarship covered enough for me to get a certificate in nonprofit management. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, but it halfway rolls into the credits needed for a master's, but the money wasn't there for the master's part. And so I remember going down to financial aid and telling them, well, is there financial aid available? And they said, well, how many classes are you taking, right? Full-time student? I was like, nope. They're like, okay, well, that immediately checks you off the list, right? If you're not full-time, you don't have access to that financial aid. And I remember the woman looking at me and she was like, look, if it's important to you, you will make this work. And I remember walking out of there like, is this important to me? Or, you know, like who's gonna hold me accountable to this? And I, but I couldn't see a way that we could make that work. But I don't know that lady's name, but 
I remember her words, right? They say that often, right? You don't you might not remember the person or what they said, but you remember how it made you feel and that was a time of pause for me for sure. So we took the leap, right? She said, "Well, well, I went away. I didn't have the nerve to ask her a question about like, okay, so then are there payment plans available?" Uh because I really wasn't sure, like, if was it important enough to me to make it work? So then the follow-up was, well, tell me about payment options. And so, you know, you put a portion down, and then you were able to pay in chunks throughout that one semester. And so we did that, and God honored that, right? So we were able to make those payments. We were able to pay cash and, you know, walk out of a master's degree debt-free. So he's honoring these things, right? Yep. The capstone project that uh, I worked on with a team was accepted into a national conference. And so, you know, God honors things in bigger ways than what we can think. Um, shortly at my job, I'll be taking a sabbatical. That feels like a risk, right? Leaving work and um, what I trust the team and they're great folks and I know that they're in place, but sometimes, you know, the biggest character in our um, act in our play is ourselves, right? And so uh, I have to figure out how to set myself aside and remember, like, no, it's okay. We've got God's got this, and you are to go away and do your thing. Um, another risk is that I sit on a board um, of an organization that's a startup. It's called Buy Black Richmond, and the focus is on promoting and strengthening black-owned businesses, right? Well, I don't think I need to state the obvious, but I'm not black nor my business owner. <laughs> so, you know, I thought to myself, like, is this place for me? Is that right? Um, you know, in this day and time, we're hearing black folks say, no white people step back, right? Let us take the lead. And so honoring that and being like, okay, I can sit on this board, but my voice does not need to be, nor should it be the loudest, right? I need to follow them. So those feel like risks because they're not always what we do in our natural comfort zone, but God honors each one of those. So I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, and one of the keynote speakers was talking about anticipating and then acting, right? Pretty relevant topic for where we are today, especially when we wake up and we don't know what the news is going to be and how it impacts our daily lives, even if it wasn't something that directly happened to us, right? It all takes a toll. We were learning about that, I think it was last week, and Pastor said, you know, the woman touched Jesus' robe, and it took something out of him, right? And so the news does the same thing to us. So looking at the war in Ukraine, when it started, what was the media talking about? Do you remember? Gas prices, oil production, Russia's uh, petroleum supplies, and they were talking about what is the impact going to be? Well, there's a woman named Fiona Hill, and she's an expert on the Ukraine. And they were talking about this at this conference. And they said, so being an expert on Ukraine, she started looking at the farmers. She knows that Ukraine produces 20% of the world's uh, high-grade wheat and 7% of the world's total wheat supply. And so she looked at the farmers to see, are they planting? And the answer was no. So she knew that the impact was going to cause a ripple effect, right? So this grain goes to feed livestock in China, which then becomes, you know, meat and produce, or meat, not produce, but food for the world, right? Ukraine's known as the breadbasket of the world. And so 
Would their storage be depleted? Would they be able to get the uh, grain out of storage and deploy it across the globe? Um, would it rot, right? So financial impact there. So what did she do? She went to the UN's World, Feeding, World Food Program and other feeding organizations across the globe, and she told them what she was seeing and how to plan now, anticipate and act. So where do we look in times of crisis? So this is another question for us, right? So when you're facing a crisis, where do you look? Is it always at the place of crisis, right? Is it, I mean, I think it's good to look at what it is, right? But when you think about a car crash, like are we rubbernecking and staring at it, which then causes additional crashes? Um, or are we looking at it and then looking ahead? So tell me, where do you look in the time of crisis? Yes, ma'am. Um, I will say that in the past, before this teaching, um, I would look at the problem and crumble at the problem, but more recently, it's been to the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the problem can feel overwhelming, right? I mean, I, I don't think that's uncommon. I mean, raise your hand if you've been there, right? Yep. Um, it's interesting. I, I think within the last probably 10 days before that, I would look at directly at the problem and, and then come up with like, solutions without consulting God as much as I should or you as much as I should. Um, but then um, had some challenges health-wise and then with some other things, um, uh, pretty significant repairs and things of that nature that need to be addressed and prayed about it. Um, and so now, instead of looking at the problem and, you know, the 32 solutions that probably are not great trying to really um, hone in on the uh, the trust in the Lord Proverbs um, scripture and just that's kind of replaced my other scripture of the forgiveness for right now mm -hmm. um, and for right now I, I feel relatively peaceful like okay I just need to trust that it will happen and, 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 and it, it can be done so right. yeah. I'm going to pull a pastor thank you honey <laughs> All right. Uh, like, you know, and I, mine was similar to both Will and, and Candace. Well, I would just look at the situation, but uh, Pastor Willie, uh, I, I, I grabbed, I don't know what he said last week about look at what you have, right? Mm, so one great. thing I can do is I can control my response to the situation right. and look at what I do have. Okay, now do I do, what do I have in my ability, capacity, or the things I have that can help me get out of this situation? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. good. That's good. Yes, ma'am. When it's something that's happening to other people, I immediately go, oh, let's pray about it. When it's happening to me, it's like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, I, I had a um, physical mm -hmm. issue recently. And for, I would say, probably 12 hours, I was like, oh, my God, is this going to kill me? You know, mm. I did to ask other people to pray for me, but that wasn't where I went immediately. Um, but just like when Wayne was singing, you know, if we look at the source yeah. and don't focus on, you know, what's in the here and the now and, and just 
put God first, you know, he's the source of our strength. So yeah, <clears throat> we've got to remember that. Right. Yeah, that's good. Those, uh, what I love about Wayne and his singing is to me, he brings forward some songs that maybe we have, we all know, but we have not maybe kept them at top of mind. Right. And so he pulls them out and it's like, oh yeah, that, right. Yes, ma'am. We got someone online. Yes, yeah, someone online said, I look to the hills which come with my health before I would sulk in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a place, sulking. It's a choice, right? Um, but they've now made a choice to look further, right? Past beyond what is the initial situation. Uh, and then sometimes we find our answers aren't in unlikely places, right? Have you ever had a time when you thought, oh, this is the answer, right, X, and then all of a sudden it's, it turns out to be something else? Or maybe that crisis isn't as big as we thought, right? We have a hand. Sometimes you can just think like, okay, what did I do wrong? Or then you're thinking like, okay, maybe I didn't do anything wrong. So you're just focusing on what happened, then you just try to put that to the back of your mind and just keep, you know, praying and just mm -hmm. like trying to see what you can do better or, you know, you're looking at the situation in different ways, but prayer always helps. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I find for me it's a, a replaying of the tape and I don't always find that to be beneficial, right? Anyone else? You hear some laughs, so I think maybe it's not just me. <laughs> Some amens here. All right. Um, okay, so then, of course, in my uh, Dr. Google, Mr. Google search, right, he sends me to 2 Kings, verses, or chapter 20, verses 1 through 7 in the NIV. And I thought, oh, no, surely, God, this is a mistake because I'm like, send me to the New Testament, right? Old Testament? Mm, a bit out of my element. But... That's where he sent. So I said, all right, I guess I'll follow. So here we are. Uh, so I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll dive into it a little bit. So in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, some son of Amos, went and said to him, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Right? Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David said. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. Let's see, am I still in the same place? No. Okay. Uh, and I will deliver you and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil, and he recovered. So now, now is the time to run to God. So Hezekiah 
is clearly in a crisis, right? I don't think anyone would um, disagree with that. But what do we know about a crisis? This is what pastor's been teaching, right? A crisis is a pivot point. Two choices, recovery or death. The scripture clearly says this is the way, right? Beginning, death, you're not going to recover. Um, that's the road for you, buddy. It's also a turning point for better or for worse. And it's a decisive moment. Am I going to choose to be victorious? So again, I would say this scripture pretty well uh, fits this description. The bad news for Hezekiah? One, you're going to die. So what's his response? Kind of what Cheryl said, right? Turns to the Lord. He weeps bitterly and he cries out to the Lord. God sees and hears him, right? Before Isaiah has even left the property, right? I think it says he's in the middle courtyard. So God responds quickly, right? He hears us. Isaiah turns around and acts on God's word. God gives him instructions and says, on the third day you will go up to the temple. So here's what I see as God's gift and promise in the scripture. One, he extends his life by 15 years. That's a pretty sweet deal when you're being told, you will not recover, you're on your way to death. It's a pretty radical turnaround uh, from being on your deathbed. But God, right, not only that, there's a song that says something about uh, God um, gives us more than we could hope or think of, right? And so here's what uh, God does. He adds more onto that promise. He's going to deliver not only Hezekiah, but the whole city from the oppressor, right? The king of Assyria. I mean, come on, not just you, but the whole city? So does that mean not just me and my family? and my descendants, and my coworkers, and any place my feet tread? Is that what that means, right? Where's your city? Um, so this is, again, an example of God blessing us more than we could think or ask. And then Isaiah says, let's think, make a poultice of figs. So I thought, well, what is a poultice of figs? More Dr. Google? It's something that helps relieve boils and abscesses. It's still used today, right? There's someone in here that's like really attuned into health stuff, and I thought, oh, she would know right away. <laughs> she knows who it is based on the laughter. <laughs> but it's boiled figs in water or milk, and then uh, I guess it's just applied. But today it still works. <laughs> it's still something that they say you can do. But you know what else it is? It's an act, right? Faith and works at play here. We see that in a couple of places. We see that in Isaiah going and giving the message. We see Isaiah choosing to be obedient to God, talking to him on his way out and choosing to go back. Are we doing that? Don't worry, I'm asking myself these same questions. <laughs> okay? Um, so what action do you need to take? What is something in your life that the Holy Spirit has shown you and you haven't taken action on? 
for whatever reason it is, right? Could be time, think that you don't have it, could be fear, could be busyness, right? That's my number one, like too busy, too busy, God. I'll get to it. I'll get to it later. That's remember those six weeks I was telling you a pastor told me <laughs> at time, but five of them would go by. So what are some other reasons that we don't act? Uh, for me, it's kind of the fear of not knowing what might happen with mm-hmm. the result. Yep. So depend. It's the it's the knowing that now I have to act, and also I have to trust. Right. Yeah, that's not a great place for people that like to know. I'm talking about me. Just being able to get out your comfort zone. Uh huh. Yeah. You want to be. You don't want. You don't want to be uncomfortable. So. Mm-hmm. so. And Pastor tells us that growth happens when we're uncomfortable, right? That's the growth. That's the sweet spot for growth. But who runs to that? <laughs> I guess I'm up here today, so that's an example. <laughs> yeah. Any other reasons why we put things off? Yeah. We don't believe that he will do it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We say it, but the belief part is yeah. suspect. Uh-huh. Going from here to here. Yeah, there's sometimes a block there, and that block is me. Yeah. So, now is the time to run to God. Follow his instructions, right? They say the best time to do something was yesterday, but the second best time is now. Um, so, my prayer for you is to take the step and watch God's blessings flow because he sees you. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, friends. Now it is time for salvation. Salvation's coming, which is a good thing. It's for all of us, right? Amen. God is an on-time God. Okay. All right, so I am not pastor, but here's what I'm going to say about salvation, and I'm going to ask you all to be in agreement, right? So salvation is about the act of believing that God is your Lord and Savior, right? That you're turning your life over to him, that you recognize he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? There is no other after him. So when we leave this world, we want to be assured that we're spending all eternity with him, right? And so I ask you all to uh, stand in agreement with me that we choose and we affirm that, yeah, you could stand. Yeah, <laughs> literally, right? Thank you, Wayne, right? Uh, that we affirm that we believe the Lord. We believe he is the one true Lord. We know that uh, when we confess it, he listens and that he will take us with him when it's our time to go. Amen? Amen. Thank you. So I do know that online, Pastor says, once you uh, give your life, and we do that not through always acts, but first it comes through speaking it and saying it. And so you can go online and read the confession and read what that means. You can uh, connect and reach out to us, and we welcome you into um, the body of Christ and to eternal life. So amen. Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website, chosenrva.com, 
and check in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Chosen RVA. We hope you'll join us again soon.